Hello and welcome to the Near Jiaquan podcast. This is Isaac. Um, this is a bi-weekly podcast where my friend Jess and I talk about internal martial arts and qigong and meditation. Uh, this is a special episode where we interview one of our mentors and good friends, Eric Peters. Uh, this is the first half of the interview. If you want to hear the second half, you have to join our Patreon. Uh, there'll be links in the description. In addition, we also have training materials and uh, guided practice sessions. Uh, we'll have some more interviews coming up pretty soon, so check it out and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Neja Trend Podcast with Isaac and Jess. And today we have a special event where we're bringing on one of the long-term students of the school, our friend Eric Peters. He's been uh, practicing the Energy Gate set from way back in the day, and we wanted to bring him on and get some of his ideas and thoughts and perspective on the training of the Energy Gate set. Um, Eric, so happy to have you joining us on the podcast today. Would you uh, be willing to talk about... Yeah, great to have you. Well, it's very nice uh, would to you, see both of you and hear your voices. Would you be willing to start and tell us about the first time you met the teacher? Yeah, I... I so... When I was 17 and I read the electric Kool-Aid acid test by Tom Wolfe, I first heard about the I Ching and I bought a copy and I still have the copy that I bought 50 years ago. Um, and I got interested in Taoism. And when I was in college in Colorado, back in the early 70s, I had a friend who um, started telling me about Tai Chi. And I might have also read about Robert Smith and Chen Menching's Tai Chi book in the Whole Earth Catalog, which I used to have, little thing from back, hippies oh. back in the day. And, uh, and so um, I first found in the bookstore in Colorado Springs, Robert Smith's Xing Yi book. And I read that and I actually tried to learn Pichuan from it, uh, but I was bothering my knees. And when I later finally really saw what Pichuan looked like, I was you know, maybe halfway there. But I stopped practicing it, but I continued to read that book. And then I bought Chinese Boxing Masters and Methods, and I bought Shaolin Temple Oh, that's Temple a great Boxing. book. And, um, yeah, you know, the picture of uh, Hung Shang hitting Wang Su Chin in the, in the belly, taking it comfortably, all that stuff. So when I was in law school in Denver, I went out there in the fall of 1980, sometime in the winter, one of my students told me, oh, there's this crazy guy, Bruce Francis or Kumar Francis teaches Tai Chi. And then there was some other Chinese guy who taught Tai Chi because she knew I was interested. This booth uh, with a big banner and it says Tai Chi. So I walked up and I look and there's my first exposure to the Naja Institute, which was Bruce's school. Um, and there's a little flyer and I'm reading the flyer and the flyer in the back of it says that, that he studied with Wang Suqin and Hung Shang in Taiwan. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy must really know something because I knew who they were. So they and it turned out you may remember Larry Herbert, but Larry was sitting there all dressed wow. up in a, in a nice looking shirt, um, talking to people. And, there, and uh, another woman, Nikki, who was one of his old students, was there. And they said, oh, he's going to give a demonstration this afternoon over in some other part of the grounds. So I went home and came back that afternoon. And there he was with, you know, 20 or 30 students in his um, brown Taoist robes that he, um, you know, if you've seen that old Xing Yi video of yep, him. Yep, yep. Um, uh -huh. And he started giving uh, the same rap about the health crisis and Tai Chi for health that, you know, we've all heard for 30 years now. <laughs> That's awesome. 
And, um, and he had them doing the Chen Penling form, which was the combination Tai Chi form that he was teaching and he'd learned mm. in Taiwan. Uh, and then he had uh, Mike McConnell and Dave Hoots and some of the other Xing Yi boys do some Xing Yi. And he explained what Xing Yi was. And then he said, I'm going to demonstrate um, something called Eight Drunken Immortals. And I'm not even sure I'd ever heard of it then. But <laughs> nice. so, so he starts out on the grass. He starts, you know, Mike, if you know Mike McConnell, he's a big boy. And these guys are going after um, Kumar, trying to, trying to hit him, trying to do something. And he's doing the old tipping the, the jug back and blocking them. And then he's rolling around on the ground, tripping them up just, just beautifully. And I just watched this fascinated going, I, I have no idea what he's doing. But yeah. he certainly knows what he's doing. Um, and then they said, well, you know, he's going to start some new classes like next week or something. So then... I went by the school, which wasn't too far from where I lived, and uh, went in and there was a, it was a big long room with a wooden floor and there was a sofa by the front door. And I remember sitting there just to watch and uh, Bruce was teaching, I think, the move uh, G from the Chen Pan Ling form. But all of a sudden at one point he turns to me and says, looks at me, says, oh, do you want to do this? I said, oh, no, thank you. I'll just watch. And his interactions with people coming in there were always a mixed, uh, a mixed bag. But I came back the next week and I had no idea what to expect because um, the class started uh, with, we basically stood for an hour. And Sounds familiar. <laughs> and he talked us through standing and I didn't really know much about standing. And I remember standing there going, what the hell are we doing? And, you know, it started to get a little rough, but I was, you know, 28 or something so I could take it. Um, but I thought I better not move because there was something about him that, you know, if you move, if you move, he might yell at you or he might do something. Um, <laughs> so from there, uh, we went on uh, the next class. I think we did cloud hands and for the next two or three classes, uh, which was twice a week, we did cloud hands and the three swings and the spine stretch. And then we went right into the Chen Pan Ling form. And so it I sounds started, like in the early eighties, he was already, uh, putting together the opening the energy gate set. Yeah, he, he definitely had pretty much the whole thing back then. Um, uh, and, and that was really the only Qigong he taught in class. So people would come and stand. He probably, he taught some other stuff to the Xing Yi students, but I didn't really do Xing Yi till the very end. Um, so I can't really speak to that. And this is 1980, 81, something like this that? This is the summer, this is the June of 1981 which is when he went off in early August to go back to Beijing to okay. study at the China Sports Institute and to meet up with Leo. Um, mm. So I was there that whole summer and he, uh, there for several weeks after he left and some of the senior students kept teaching. And then I came back to uh, Martha's Vineyard that fall uh, because the law school had a quarter system. So anyway, um, that summer just before he left was when I did my first five element uh, energy intensive with him, uh, which he taught just before he left. And, and we did this weekend where we would meet at the school Friday night at 10 o'clock and do various qigong and talking about the element and this and that. Uh, and the Xingyi boys would sometimes do some Xingyi and we would do Tai Chi. And then we had to sleep in the school. Uh, we went to bed about 1230. And he woke us up around five and we did, you know, another two and a half hours of practice and then we could go home for the day. 
And then we came back Saturday and did Saturday night and Sunday morning again. Uh, and sometimes like that, that time uh, we would do stuff outside. So there was a night, there was a full moon and he didn't do any of this full moon stuff he does now, but he talked about the moon and cold fire and, and it was summer mm -hmm. and the element of fire. And we were out in the um, lawn of the Denver Museum of Natural History, which was a lovely place. Um, oh. And so I came back that winter and came in and that's right around the time that he had his car accident. And I don't remember a lot of that very clearly, but I came back and I wanted to continue with the Chen Pan Ling form because I'd learned about 10 moves. And I was, oh, no, no, he won't start that again until this summer. But now he's teaching the 24 move simplified Yang form. And hmm. so I did that for maybe three, three months. And then he taught a uh, review class of it for another two or three months. And then that summer I started up with the Chen Pan Ling form again until he left in the spring of 1983. And I didn't ever finish that form, but we did do another, <laughs> we did do another bunch of uh, five element intensives. He first, um, he did one, some of them I have some notes on and some of them I don't. He did one on uh, water and winter and the kidneys. And we did some funny exercise where we were rubbing the kidneys and rubbing the knees and something else. Uh, then, uh, the next spring, I think it was, um, uh, yeah, June of 1982, um, that, uh, that was the wood element and he taught the very beginnings of the marriage of heaven and earth ah. and he called it the wood exercise. And so I continued there until, um, uh, I finished law school early. And so in the, in the early spring or late winter of 1983, he'd been away off and Bhagwan Rajneesh's place in Oregon and he came back and he said I'm, I'm getting divorced I'm closing the school and I'm going to China and the school had to be shut down in its old location because some auto body shop had, had opened up down below and the fumes were just ridiculous so we moved into a church and he's place and he started teaching and then all of a sudden he went well you know, you might never see me again and all this form stuff is silly. And so I'm going to teach you how to open and close the joints of your body and put it into your Tai Chi or your Xing Yi. And so pretty much the rest of that spring class was all the beginning heaven and earth opening and closings. Uh, and then nice. stuff about how to put it in each the moves of the Yang form or the Chen Pen Ling form or the Xing Yi. And I started to learn a little Xing Yi. Uh, and he did one last... Um, standing five element workshop um, before I came back to Massachusetts and before he took off for China. Um, so that's the beginning of things. So his Great. early years in Denver, uh, it sounds like the Neja Institute was the name of the school and the main focus was Tai Chi and Xing Yi. Um, I get the impression maybe that the, that Yang simplified form was maybe the beginner set and then the Chen Pan Ling was sort of the advanced set maybe? Would you characterize it that way? Yeah, once, yeah that's once he started teaching the, the simplified Yang form, that was, most people were told to start off with that. Because um, that Chen Pan Ling form is really fascinating and I'm sorry I never learned the whole thing. Um, but um, it's, it's uh, I think his version was influenced by Wang Su Jin because when I saw part of the way that um, Lo Deju did it in Boston at a workshop I did once, it was it was a little different, but but it was very spirally, uh, very circular, um, and he would he was he was much more um, closed mouthed about certain things back then. So so because it's a combination form, 
he would sometimes show the Tai Chi move and then he would say, this has got um, this something from Xing Yi in this move. And then the Bagua, he was completely secretive about, he would, he would sometimes say, oh, well, this has something to do with Bagua and he would do some fast little move and that you couldn't figure out what the hell he was doing. And then that was it. <laughs> That's all you heard. But sometimes he once, I remember one time there was some move in the Chen Pen Ling form and he went off on this digression. Well, you could do this with fire this way and you could do this with wood this way. And he could show how each, the move could be done with each one of the five elements. Um, but he also used to teach, um, I used to sometimes watch the Xing Yi after class because I was in law school. So I didn't have a lot of time to be hanging around um, back then. But I would watch the Xing Yi class and he used to teach that, what is it, Tang, Tang Su Do or that, that Hang Yi Shang used to teach? Right, Tang Su Dao from Master Hang Yi Shang. Okay. So he used to teach that also as a, either a separate class or as part of the Xing Yi class. Um, oh, right. He used to, I remember a class where he had, um, uh, it was a Xing Yi class and everybody had, um, you know, two or three foot long sticks and they were hitting awesome. each other, you know, and you, somebody would be hitting you with a stick and you had to use your Xing Yi to, to block the stick um, <laughs> and get it out of the way. Um, so it was. Um, so, so in terms of energy gates, was it cloud hands in all three swings? Yeah, we, I think we learned all of them. Okay. Um, and, and he would, he didn't spend a lot of time in Denver. I can't say that I remember that he spent a lot of time on it, but in those, in those five element things, sometimes we'd be doing certain energy gate stuff. Um, and that was the core of it. That was the core of it. But when he came back, so, so I came back to Boston, to Martha's Vineyard, he went off to China and for the next three years, he would come through America and England um, two or three times a year to do privates with people, I think as a way of making some money to go back there and continue his studies. And so uh, I remember sometime about a year later, Bill Ryan was in Boston and he called me up and said, oh, you know, Kumar's coming, you know, can you come up here? And whatever was happening that weekend, I couldn't. But after that, um, when he came to Boston and stayed with Bill, I would come up from the vineyard and we would do different privates of things. Um, and then when he came back to um, America after Leo died, he started coming to Boston and several different people were working on having him do workshops. And that's when he really started up the energy gates, um, you know, in, in a big way, um, you know, that eventually led up to the book being published in 1993. Um, yeah. wow. Could I jump in and ask, yes. you know, in terms of standing, that seems like where all the energy gates training really starts. And, you know, from the beginning, it sounds like he was emphasizing that standing, um, standing and dissolving with your arms at your sides. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your first experiences with him and doing the standing training? Um, it was, you know, what I remember of it from back then, it was all pretty much that thing. There was one thing he used to do in Denver. Well, so it was the gates and alignments and, and, and that stuff. Um, I, he didn't spend a lot of time talking about breathing back then. Um, he didn't talk much about sinking chi per se that I remember because, you know, when he put out that revised edition of energy gates, uh, he added breathing to the book and he added mm -hmm. sort of sinking chi. And I once asked him about that and he said, well, Everybody else knew something about sinking chi, but they didn't know about the energy gates and dissolving. And so that's why I spent so much time doing that. And so 
you know, I remember uh, back in, you know, hearing some of your stories in the past where the opening of the Denver school and, or maybe Boulder, I'm not sure, involved uh, a longstanding session and doing some, doing some energy work. Well, that, the opening of the school was before I started. So I think the school opened sometime around 79, but, but Bill mm. was there and I think Lee might've been there. I can't remember, but, um, but the, the, the story, the, the, the story that I remember about that opening was that he had gone around. It was this fully like two hour or whatever, very long Taoist kind of thing, because he used to have the little Taoist altar in the corner of the school, um, with the, um, the folds of the five elements and all that stuff. But the story that I heard consistently was that he had gone around all these different martial arts schools in Denver and issued them all a challenge to come try and beat him up. And that he then, and that he then blindfolded himself and proceeded to lay waste anybody who tried to hit him. <laughs> Jesus. Those were the days. Yeah, that was... <laughs> He, he wasn't uh, wasn't quite so user friendly back then. That so when you guys did do the standing, when you did the standing, was it were you going gate by gate, starting at the top, working your way down the way it's taught now? Uh, in Denver, I I couldn't tell you for sure. The, uh, those notes I mentioned to you um, before we started, uh, I'm going to look at uh, more carefully because um, we were definitely dissolving around the body very systematically going down mm. um the, the but the thing the other thing about the standing that, so there's some things that he's consistently taught from the day i first met him and other things that changed after he started studying with leo and after he closed down the denver school and one of the standing things that we used to do when we did those five element weekends um, was we would be doing long bits of standing and uh, sometimes it had more to do with the element of the season that we were working on. But there was always a, a part where um, we had to basically let go of the will to stand. And, and part of that whole sinking and dropping was we basically had to slowly collapse and fall to the floor in a sort of like in a little pile. And, and then we would lie there for a while and then he would tell us to take the energy of earth to rise up again. So we might lie there for five or 10 minutes and who knows what he was doing, but, but then we would slowly get up again and then we would start doing our Tai Chi form or the Shingi or whatever else we were supposed to be doing. And that's something that he, I've never seen him do ever since. Wow. Oh, wow. Dissolve yourself into a little puddle. Right. Um, <laughs> Very cool. But people, um, you know, maybe it was some of the people in the school, but, but the, the, the reaction, the standing reactions, you know how some people shake and do this or that. Um, mm -hmm. they, uh, there were a number of people in, in those classes who sometimes would really start uh, letting it out. Um, and, uh, there was one student who used to roll his eyes and look at me like, Oh, what, you know, what's going on with them. But, um, <laughs> and that, and that I haven't seen as much, but one thing he did say to me a while ago when I asked him something about his teaching in Denver was that remember he had been trained as a Taoist priest and that he taught pretty much by summoning the, the, the immortals and the lineage and invoking them as a way because he hadn't really learned transmission then. 
and that that was really the way he taught in Denver uh, when he was doing a lot of this sort of esoteric energy work. Uh, but that wasn't anything that was obvious to us. Wow. So it was more what he would now call the fire tradition? Uh, well, well or, it, uh, or just simply, yeah, I mean, it's certainly, you know, he didn't really learn the water tradition until he learned it from Leo. Um, and so it probably was more fire. Um, the, but um, The stuff he learned from Wang Shujing and Yi Guan Dao and all that stuff. All those probably. guys. That, yeah, yeah. And, and he didn't really talk about it. Yeah, he still but doesn't. That's what he was doing. And the, and the so one other thing... So you guys did... Oh, carry on. Well, the, so the one other thing that he did do when he, um, in the spring of 1983, before he took off, uh, you know, he ne I said earlier, he never really said much about Bagua other than in passing. But all of a sudden, um, I think he said, I'm going to teach a Bagua class. And so we were supposed to meet with him for, I think, uh, eight weeks, and I might have turned into seven, but, but two mornings a week, we were all supposed to arrive at the doorstep of his house at something like five or six in the morning. <laughs> and we would stand out on the porch, uh, and the, how, the light, there were no lights on, and, and all of a sudden, the light would go on right at the time we were supposed to start, and the door would open, and there were about 10 of us, and we'd all come in, and he proceeded to teach us um, the single palm change with various, you know, Bagua standing exercises, this kind of thing. And right, right, right. Um, a lot of the old stuff he used to do. And he taught us. And so over that, he said, whatever, however long that class went, he taught us um, what I think is Wang Su Chin's version of the single palm change. And then he also taught us um, possibly Leo's single palm change without explaining really where it came from. Um, but I never, I still remember Wang Su Chin's palm change, but exactly what we were doing with that other palm change, I, I can't remember, but, um, mm. it was, that's when, when I first learned some Bagua. Isn't that what he referred to it as like big and little or something like that? Yeah. That yeah. It were inner or outer. It was, yeah. uh, and, um, yeah, I think so. I might've given you those notes. Yeah, I think so. So when you guys did do the standing, I was curious, did he use that same mantra of ice to water, water to gas when you guys did the standing or did that come over time later? Well, I, to tell you the truth, I can't remember whether he used that in Denver, but certainly by the mm -hmm. time he started coming to Boston and doing the weekend workshops, that was, that it was, that's exactly what it was. Ice to water, water to gas, out of your body, into the air. And, mm -hmm. and he first taught them that in weekend workshops, um, Bill set up some, there was a guy that he met in China who was teaching in a school in Boston, one or two of the workshops we had there. And he started coming, you know, to Boston two or three times a year. And most of the time he was doing energy gates until we started developing the rest of the Qigong sets. Um, and so Friday night we would do three hours. We would do standing, dissolving in the gates in one <laughs> whirlwind session and then saturday and sunday we would start off with cloud hands and go through the three swings and finish with the spine stretch um by the end of the weekend uh and i must i'll bet i did five ten of those things easily um back in the day because he he did teach a couple of other things but he didn't start teaching meditation till 1993 by 1988 he started teaching the short form um, 
and he did that and some weekends in Boston. So it was a mixed bag, but the, all the early Qigong set classes were done in weekends. And often he would do his teaching one group of beginners and another group of something else um, through the late 80s into the early 90s. Really interesting. That's great. That's great. Um, so sometimes we've been speculating where the energy gate set comes from, and it sounds like he's been doing it since since really the beginning. Um, do you, what do you think of the idea that it comes from Wang Shijin's class in Taiwan? Um, I've always thought that it came from somewhere in Taiwan, but but where and how, uh, or whether it's a mixed bag, um, I'm not sure. And, and the other thing that I've never been sure of in terms of this whole idea of standing and dissolving and the gates is, is to what extent some of that either comes from his own experience uh, or, or is a combination of certain things. And, and I don't know the answer to that question. Mm. Mm, of course. Yeah, we looked at uh, one of his teachers in Japan had been a student of Wang Shujin and he when he described his training with uh, Zhang Yijong in Taiwan, I mean, in Japan, it sounded a lot like uh, the same swings and the same standing um, that he would later do with Wang Shijin. So we were thinking that might be at the root of it there. Yeah, I think, I think the other exercises have clearly all come from Taiwan and all come in some combination of, of Wang or Hung or, or other people. I mean, he, he's, he's, uh, he alluded to other teachers that he had and, and, whether some stuff was the Guandao, he once with the Chen Pen Ling form talked about how there were something like twelve levels of the form, and wow. and that he learned these different levels. He once showed what some of them look like, um, but um, uh, that you know that sometimes he had to go meet somebody and he never knew the person's name, and it was like he was told to go meet so and so in some obscure place, and the guy would teach him, and then that would be it. Wow, that's wild. There's a lot of mysteries. Definitely. Well, can we take a break here for a second? Sure. sure. Hey, folks. Isaac again. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Just a reminder, if you want to hear the second half, you can check out our Patreon. Uh, there'll be links in the description as well as on our website, the Podcast.com. All right. Uh, take care of yourself.